Hello, everyone. Welcome to our monthly uh, Department of Peacebuilding campaign call. Hi, Beth. <laughs> and we're, we're just Hi. all started. Um, so this is the third Wednesday call every month at this station. And these calls are being recorded <laughs> and will be on the Peace Lines podcast on the website for everyone to hear. Just so you're all advised that uh, if you choose to speak, it is being recorded and will be there permanently. Um, okay. So welcome, everyone. It's it's a wonderful day and month and year for peace building. And thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to get started right away because we've got a lot of content to cover. But let's do some extremely brief check ins like, uh, you know, a word or three or four words or a very short sentence on how you are. Very brief check ins. Kendra, you were first on. Let's hear from you. I'm good. I'm excited. <laughs> okay, Laura. I'm doing great. Looking forward to the meeting tonight. Wonderful. Bud. I'm Bud Johnston. I live in Garrison, South Dakota, and I run a gift shop in Pipestone, Minnesota. Okay, welcome, Bud. For people that joined while I was talking, we're doing very brief check-ins tonight because we've got a very full agenda. Um, who is calling from the 614 area code? I think you were next on the call, if you'd like to do a brief check-in. Uh, Deborah Walters, can you hear, hear me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, from uh, Columbia, uh, Mechanicsburg, Ohio. And I'm doing great. I'm, I'm actually leaving on Friday for Mexico. So <laughs> I'm excited. Oh, how nice. Yeah, some warm, you know, some warm weather. So even though it's been pretty nice here, like today, I think it was 40. So, yeah. But. Great. Welcome. How about Amina? Hi, everyone. Amina from Dublin, California. Uh, I'm recovering from a cold and flu right now, so I might sound a little bit off and congested. But other than that, glad to be here and good to see you, everyone. Okay. Beth from Minnesota. Say hello. Hello. I'm going to be starting uh, a job as a um, uh, as an usher, which is union, at the Target Center in Minneapolis. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. It's a union job. Yay! Congratulations! Congratulations! Thank you. Okay, DJ. Yeah. Hello. That's it. I'm here. Okay. I'm here. <laughs> Nancy? Um, I'm good. <laughs> Very good. Very busy. Okay. Jana. Okay. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Great. Jay Thompson. Hi. Hi, welcome Hi. to the call. Good to yeah. see you. Good to see you too. Hello, friends. All of my friends. I'm going to be off camera because I'm multitasking, guys, but I want to listen. <laughs> I like the hat too. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually my hair. It's just that it's all. Now we got a better look at it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be having hairstyling lessons later in the call. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. All right. 
All right. I think I got everyone. Did I miss anyone? Okay. Let's get started. Uh, would we like to start with a brief connection exercise? Kendra, do you want to do it? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's do our deep breathing. Deep and slow. Imagining that the breath goes in through our hearts and out through our hearts. And imagining that um, we are reaching out with our hands to one another and holding hands in a circle around our country. Mm. And then extending that, opening that circle to around the whole globe. And imagining that somehow we have extra hands and we can each grab on to other people around us and plants and animals. Well, kind of like an octopus, we have many arms that we can connect with everybody and everyone, everything on the planet. And through our hands, our multiple hands, we that love that we are connecting with, inspiring, exhaling, breathing in, breathing out. Pulsing out that energy, that love energy through our hands. I'm guessing that that's what the beloved community feels like. If we can feel that connection. And let's bring that energy 
back into our conversation and our meeting tonight. Thank you, Kendra. Thank you. Mm. I like that thought, just uh, feeling and being loved to everyone without barriers. Yeah. Okay, and that's, as we talk about from time to time, just as much a part of our work as the logistical things that we do from day to day is um, being the peace we wish to see in the world, being part of the beloved community and exploring what that means, not um, holding ourselves out as perfect, but practicing and learning and, and uh, growing. So we'll go over the agenda, uh, see if people have any additions or if we're good where we are. Um, oh, also, is do we have a note taker for tonight? Anyone? Me. Laura. Laura raised her hand. Laura, yay. Thank you, Laura. Note takers make the world go round. <laughs> All right, so we've got uh, quick uh, strategy updates um, on uh, the advocacy, uh, advocacy days, and uh, so forth from the strategy committee uh, and those subcommittees. Uh, season for nonviolence introduction and discussion with Kendra, and then we'll have our closing quote. So. There we are. Does anything else need to be added? Any other thoughts? We're good. Okay, we'll get right into it. We always like to have as much time as possible. And and welcome, Lori. Came in during the connection exercise. Good to see you. Okay, first up on reports is Nancy on advocacy. Okay. Um, well, as you all know, we're starting season for nonviolence very soon. And um, this whole call basically will be centered around that. Um, we're starting our advocacy for uh, to enlist members of Congress to, to become either original co-sponsors or early co-sponsors for the Department of Peacebuilding Bill, which will be introduced very soon. Barbara Lee's office has reserved the number 111. So um, unless something weird happens, that's what the bill number will be. Um, right now, we're on Bill 397 as of today, so looks like this. It looks like it'll come up soon. So our focused, really targeted advocacy for the next um, probably month or so is uh, getting our co-sponsors on from the 2021 bill. And uh, we've already started contacting those folks. Um, there's 32 uh, former co-sponsors from that group. And um, as of today that I know of, and I'm being able to track, we've, we've already contacted um, 14 of them. And uh, some of them more than once, some of them more than twice, some of them more than three times. Um, but other folks will, who are in this group that are helping out will be starting uh, their connection soon with those members of Congress. 
Um, after we do that group, we'll, we'll go to the second group, which is uh, other members of Congress that we have some relationships with and some senators. And um, so depending on all, how all that goes, uh, we'll adjust uh, the rest of our spring advocacy and our spring um, uh, advocacy days in um, Washington, D.C. And so you can take it over now, Karen. Okay, thank you, Nancy. Can I can I ask a question now or later? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. yeah go ahead. Uh, so, okay, so Nancy, can you explain the difference or why there would be pushback to be an original co-sponsor as opposed to signing on later? I'm sorry, and just like well, an original co-sponsor and time constraint, you know, of doing of 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 the one. You know what I'm saying? Like if they're going to be an original. To be an original co-sponsor, they'd have to get word to Barbara Lee's office before the bill drops. Right. Okay. Before it drops. Yeah. So they would be listed right on the bill when it when it's dropped in Congress. And right. um, so that's why the as soon as possible push. Um, if they can't do that, then as early as possible. So but what would their pushback be for not doing that if they're gonna co-sponsor it? Do you know? Like do a lot of them. Because oh, they well, want to, because they want to read the bill in entirety. Or well, just they're really yes, because they're really busy. And so I sent to the group of folks who are doing this advocacy. I sent the text of the new bill, and I sent a summary of the differences between um, the old and new bill. So that should make it much easier for the legislative directors. They don't, they won't have to do too much, but read those two documents. Okay. But if All they right. have questions, we're always willing to answer. Okay, thank you. Good question. Not, not everybody would know that from year to year. Yeah, thanks. Um, okay, so we're looking at advocacy days. So we, we learned that uh, Congress is not on set in session on that Monday of the dates that we chose in April, um, but we're still looking at either having the spring advocacy days, April 23rd through the 26th. So we'll extend it through Wednesday. But when we have three days earmarked for advocacy, it's always people can choose one, two or three days, however long they want to come into DC. So, uh, but we're also looking at dates May 7th through 9th, uh, seeing if maybe the hotel meeting room is available at that time and giving us a little bit more time um, for some internal things uh, to, to work on. Uh, and same situation there, they're not in session on that Monday, so we showed the three days. Also give people a heads up on August 5th. Uh, we're probably 90 to 95% sure we're going to have an NBC training uh, specifically around advocacy and preparation for the September advocacy days. Um, and it'll be about uh, listening to hear the other person and then also speaking to be heard and being on point when you're you've got a short amount of time to um, both uh, uh, hear a person and also speak uh, effectively. So uh, Aya, Aya Caspi, who has led us in the NBC uh, last fall, will have a four hour workshop with a 30 minute break in there, but it's the morning of August 5th if you want to earmark that on your calendars now. And uh, we haven't really discussed the September advocacy days, but they'll be somewhere around September 21st and we'll get that going as well. So we'll get 
an announcement out as soon as we set those dates and have the registration completed. Okay, any questions on that? Go ahead. I'm flipping back and forth between a Word document and the Zoom call. So if I don't, if somebody raises their hand and I don't call on them, just go ahead and speak. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then um, uh, the organizational outreach committee of the strategy group. Uh, we are having that meeting uh, next week with our committee, which is Nancy and Lori Russo, and. Uh, we're at a different place now with where we've got the kind of the um, the go ahead to go out and start reaching out to organizations. We've been working with the Peace Alliance to um, uh, see how some of their efforts and our efforts might be combined or coordinated and so forth. So we're still in that process and uh, we've got a, a new proposal for how we're communicating with outside organizations this year, but uh, it also looks like we, we can be free to create a strategy and implement it this year as well. Got a few new people joining us here. Any questions on that? Okay. All right, next up is Laura and or DJ with the Communications Committee. DJ, you wanna go or? Go ahead. What's that? Go ahead, Laura. Okay. Uh, just briefly, the communications committee is now in the final stages. I've been exchanging email with Deanne to get uh, time set up so that we can upload the Advocacy 101 toolkit and probably the Advocacy 201 toolkit and the social media toolkit. And once those are up, when Deanne's time is free and we get those loaded up, then Anybody can self-train in advocacy 24-7, 365, all around the world. Um, so that's exciting. It took us a whole year to get that. And we're now in the process of working on new goals and objectives for this year. We've got about 40 to 50 items that we brainstormed from last year, and we'll be prioritizing that for what we want to focus on this year. And we've got about 250 to 300 pieces of social media. So for the social media people out there, you have, you can post away to your heart's content and we'll have almost a new piece of media that you could post every day for the rest of the year. <laughs> cool, great. Yeah, you guys have done great work. Um, DJ, were you gonna add anything or are you good with that? I wasn't sure. Well, I was just going to say, great job, Laura. Uh, the credit goes to you, Laura, with all that hard work, really. I would say that Laura did like 99.9% .9 of it. Well, I don't think that's true, but I had a lot of help and also a lot of people reviewed. Uh, thank you to everybody who uh, reviewed um, different pieces of the toolkits. And I think almost everybody's uh, suggestions, revisions, edits were excellent. And I got in almost every one of them. So thank you very much. So everybody was a part of it. Beautiful, beautiful. It's been talked about and, and not gotten to for years, but it's really been implemented in, in a very creative, much better way than we ever could have done years ago on our own. <laughs> so it's a wonderful it's going. It's just down it's to a wonderful milestone. Time. Yep, just yeah. finding time with Dee. I've been exchanging emails with her, and as soon as she, her time frees up, it'll go up. Beautiful. 
just want to take a pause while we're getting through the agenda to welcome people who have joined Midstream, Crystal and Gerilyn and Harlan. Good to see you back, Harlan. And uh, we're going to continue with this report and then we'll we'll go on. Uh, Kendra, do you want to talk to us about the Peace Lions Grassroots Committee? Lori, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you go ahead. I'm sorry if you don't mind. I'm sorry. I just kind of woke up from a nap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you don't mind. Most recently, we worked on um, community agreements. Searched on that and collect, collected our own. And we understand the board is doing that same thing as we, as we speak. And uh, and then we also want to hear from you. Want to hear from you um, if you have any volunteer opportunities uh, with the Peace Alliance and the Department of Peace campaign. Yeah, and just for those who aren't on the strategy committee, that was the strategy committees. Um, the leaders were going to email Kendra, Nancy, and Laura, Lori, who are on the grassroots committee uh, with uh, some level of detail or what kind of volunteers they could use for their committees. That's what that request is. So good reminder to get that uh, to them if you haven't already. Um, okay. I think that is the last of the strategy group committee reports. And then we're going to talk about season for nonviolence. Is there any questions about the strategy committee? I know we've got some people who haven't been on a call for a while. If you have any questions before we move into the season for nonviolence segment. Okay, seeing none, take it away, Kendra. Well, for those of you who are not familiar with violence, it's been going on for, I was just going to, I was going to look it up, but I've forgotten. It, it's more than 20 years around the world that people have devoted the period between January 30th and April 4th, 64 days of nonviolence and 64 ways of nonviolence. And the, the reason those dates were chosen were the death, it's between the death dates of Martin Luther King, uh, yeah. Gandhi. And so if you look on, if you search on your computer on the web, the AG, AG&T has uh, taken up that sponsorship and they have lots and lots of resources and it's all volunteer led so people can have their own event uh, and create their own event or you can subscribe to individual days also on the invitation to this call I listed a bunch of links that you could link, you could click on and find out more information. So 
we've been using season for nonviolence to we're advocating for uh, with members of Congress. We're, we've been centering our contacts about nonviolence and the importance of nonviolence and educating ourselves and the members of Congress about the season for nonviolence. So we just wanted to little time on this call to talk about nonviolence and the, what, what we each see as the meaning for nonviolence. We have a series of questions for you. And one of the, the first ones is, what, what do you mean when you say nonviolence? Anybody want to? Give me an answer or what you think of when you think of nonviolence. I just I'm uh, thinking and just um, you know everyday conversations or things when whatever you're when you're talking with people that you don't elect, that you just come from a very calm place, right? That so it means working on whatever it is that you need to work on, whether it's impatience or, but just to come from a place where you're really, whatever, whatever you're going to encounter, you are going to listen to what they have to say and speak in a, from a calm way. Cause I think, you know, it's all that stuff inside that comes out. So yeah, I'm not a violent person where I don't do physical violence, but you know, words and, and the way they're spoken could be violent, you know, I mean, you know, kind of harsh. So Oh, calmness. 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 Yeah. yeah. And I think you radiate that calmness. You know, when you feel that way, you radiate it to, and help other people calm down. Mm -hmm. Something, somebody else wanted to say something. I, I said love. Oh. You know, you, you, when you, when you approach somebody, when you're around somebody, you, you do it with love. That's nonviolence. Yeah. Love is opposite. Violence is the opposite of love. You know, love and respect. I, I think that's right, Deborah. That's another aspect because we don't have the word for, we have the word nonviolence and we don't have the opposite of, and so maybe the love is the best answer. Yeah, I, I feel love is, it's, it's, I feel that's the opposite. Yeah. Harlan, I think you were going to say something. Yeah. First of all, I'd like to know, is there anyone else in this meeting who's familiar with Marshall Rosenberg and his work on nonviolence? Yes. Two or three or four. I've been dealing with this for over 40 years. And uh, it, it's, uh, would you like me to share about that so the other people can hear about it too? Sure, if you can do so um, without taking up too much time. Uh, and here's, here's the quick, uh, quick answer. For 20,000 years, the world has been organized 
around the principle of domination structures. Some, some people or groups have more power than others. Those who have more power decide what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's bad. People under them do what the people in charge say is right. Um, they get rewarded, and if they do what the people in charge say is wrong, they get they get punished. Um, that's a model. Uh, that's a way the world is communicated and continues to communicate largely about ninety nine percent of it using this idea, which is it, it could be called might makes right. Um, the best examples of it are are, are Putin and our, our former president and. Marshall Rosberg discovered something about about 50 years ago uh, that he uh, ended up deciding to share with people. And this is a, a, a philosophy of life that's power with instead of power over. And if it's a power with philosophy, it's a nonviolent way of behaving. It's a, it's a peaceful way, a way of building compassion. And and uh, the the simple uh, suggestion he makes is uh, when you communicate in a way where you're judging people uh, or yourself or you're labeling them or you're diagnosing them or you're talking about rewards or punishments you're doing a power over thing if instead you communicate in another different way it, it can change things tremendously and the recommendation he has is what he calls nonviolent communication he's written several books on it and the idea there is of make an observation of whatever you observe in a way that includes no judgment. That's not easy to do. Almost any time anybody makes any observation, it's, it's got judgment built into it. And then after that, talk about your feeling. And people are very often unable to really talk about feelings because instead they're talking about judgments. Whenever anybody says, I feel that, it's never a feeling, it's always a judgment. Your observation feeling. If you're enjoying a feeling, a need is being met. If you're not enjoying a feeling, a need is not being met. And I have I have uh, materials from there that list those those feeling words. And and once you identify that a feeling is not being met, that's a need is not being met because of a feeling you're not enjoying, then make a request always first of yourself. And then of other people or things around you. That simple formula for what he calls nonviolent communication allows people to develop um, um, to make life wonderful. That's the way he describes it. To to enhance relationships between people. And so I've been uh, introducing people to that and and helping them to decide to learn to teach themselves that to learn it, or helping them to learn it for about forty years and. It's, it's something I'm really passionate about. I could say more, but I, you asked me to be brief, so I just wanted to summarize those things. Well, I thank you for giving that explanation, and I thank you for doing that work for 40 years. That's wonderful. I'm, I'm imagining all the people that you have spread that to and who are spreading it to others. Thank you, Harlan. Um, anybody else? Amina has yeah. her hand up. This is Beth. Hi. Um, hi there. Uh, um, I basically, for me, as a one-one description, 
of what what comes to my mind when I think of nonviolence um, is compassion. Um, if we cultivate compassion, and I think we practice more compassion, um, we no one would be uh, doing any violence to, towards any other human being. So compassion would be my word for it. Thank you. And was there somebody else? Was Beth was trying to speak, I think, on the phone? Oh, Beth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to change the subject for a minute. Um, you know, how far along is our bill coming along into Congress? I mean, do we have any more people other than the 34 people that we have supporting it? And Nancy, can I, you answer that? I can that? give you a really quick answer, Beth. Um, the the new bill has not been introduced yet. Um, the 2023 bill will be reintroduced in probably a couple of weeks. And we're working oh, okay. on getting um, co-sponsors for that. So that's where we're at. Oh, so it'll be introduced again. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And last okay. session still ended up with 35 co-sponsors. Right, Nancy? And what? We ended up with 35 co-sponsors um, to the uh, last session's bill last year. Oh, so it's a little bit more. Yeah, one more added in December. Yeah. But we oh, start okay. all over again. We start all over again now, Beth. Yeah. OK. OK. Um, how about Kendra? Kendra, Jay had, maybe oh. Jay, you would want to say it, but she wrote a de definition in the uh, chat. Okay. Did I wrote um, nonviolent. But first of all, I really appreciated, Mr. Johnson, your explanation. I love the working with people rather than to and for them. It really does. It is transformative work. Um, but I have nonviolence as personal practice to be intentional about not doing any harm and also being very intentional when you might not even realize that you're doing harm, right? So to really be in consideration of how other people experience um, anything because it might not be the intention, but the impact is um, still very um, intense. Thank you, Jay. Good point. So what are the... Who are some of the teachers Harlan, of course, has talked about um, Marshall Rosenberg, but who are, are the people that you think of, or is there somebody that you particularly want to emulate and learn from? Uh, well, I'll mention the obvious one of the obvious people, and since we just had Martin Luther King Day, um, Martin Luther King, I just have listened to a couple of his speeches again, um, could listen to them all the time. And um, he's such a teacher of nonviolence. So I, I would say him for sure, among a million other people. But I'd like to bring up uh, Lynn McMullen, one of our former executive directors, and I was debating for um, what is nonviolence. I, I like 
to repeat something she said to me once that peace building is describing what happened in a way that everyone agrees, uh, which certainly is a challenge. <laughs> but um, yeah, and that kind of brings into some of what Harlan mentioned about not having a judgment and labeling and so forth and, and how to describe something in a way that everyone says, yeah, that's what happened um, in a situation. But she also really sought always to be intentional about not causing any harm and sought feedback and um, uh, very consciously and deliberately attempted to um, create practices um, for people that worked with the Peace Alliance um, to be welcoming and uh, um, uh, invoking peace and collaboration with everyone who came to us. So I appreciate that and I'm glad I had the opportunity to work with her. Thank you, Karen. Well, since you asked, I just want to say, I guess on a personal note, I'd have to say um, I aspire to be like my mom. I feel like I had a really personal role model with her and and um i think about her all the time you know and and how i she just had no judgments about people she say used to say well honey that's just the way they are you know what let's say if i thought somebody wronged her or thought you know people should be accountable honey that's just the way they are and and um, she just always came from a place that that place you know very very kind so i'm grateful i have a personal role model you know Okay. Yeah, just because someone says that doesn't mean you should accept that. I'm sorry, Beth, could you say that again? Yeah, you know what, that just becomes an excuse. That is so flimsy. I'm not, I'm not clear, Beth. Yeah, I don't think Glory oh, would no, give it I'm away. That if someone tells you that, that that's the way a certain thing is, that that's just, you know, real flimsy. Oh, okay. I think what Lori was saying, well, Lori, maybe you can say it better. I, yeah, I, I, thought, I, I think my mom just didn't, um, she, well, I, I don't know about flimsy. No, I'm saying it, I think it's a it's a matter of non-judgment. She accepted people for how who they were, you know, and wasn't trying to change them. And it didn't. She she was oh, just no, nice. You can't she was nice to everybody. Like so anyway, that that's how I meant it. I guess you know that there's just never any judgment. So I liked it. I thought <laughs> it was beautiful. My mom was kind of that way, especially at the end you know, of her life. She was very just just so at peace and at calm and just you know, I I wanna be that. I'm I'm working for that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, so yeah. I we have a lot of life. people that go ahead, Deborah. No, I just said I'm just I just I what you're saying. I I wanna be non judgmental and just everybody and I do I mean I I feel I, I'm on that journey that's my journey you know and that was my mom's journey and I think it's a wonderful thing if we can all be like that and then we wouldn't have wars <laughs> we wouldn't have all this stuff that was going on if we were all just accepting of everything 
you know, it's hard, not easy, but it's, uh, it's peace. It is peace. So I think part of what you're saying is that, is that we don't want to, we want to resist um, people that are, or we want to resist violence too. So it's that push-pull or, or two hands, um, reaching out and resisting both. Reaching out with nonviolence and resisting violence. I just put a message in the chat, if okay. any of you want to look at that message and then respond by giving me a ring. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, I can go much further in terms of sharing about nonviolent communication. And even we may even want to uh, develop a, a, a Zoom meeting like this where we would go into it in depth. It warrants a lot of, uh, a, a lot of communication and it, it, it can be, it can be a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks, Arlen. We appreciate that. Yeah, I saw that. And and nonviolent communication through the Center for Nonviolent Communication has been a part of the Peace Alliance and the campaign since day one. Um, it's been like the main resource for people to go to to learn how to be nonviolent and, and be the peace in the campaign. And we have worked with trainers and so forth. But I, I might give you a, a call and see. We've had a couple of NBC trainers come forth in uh, the last year, and uh, we're certainly open to seeing how we present this best, so we can have an offline conversation too. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you. I resonate with what each of you have shared, and um, for me, it's unconditional love that really speaks to me as the opposite of nonviolence. And two people that I would just like to share that have really been mentors in my life from afar. Maya Angelou, who often says, prepare for the worst, she used to say, hope for the best and be unsurprised by anything in between. <laughs> and I think that um, really sums up when we're engaging with others and experiencing violence, words, actions, and unconditional love and actions. And then the other person is John Lewis. And if I could just share a quick quote, he says, I really believe this about each of you. You are a light. You are the light. Never let anyone, any person, or any force dampen, dim, or diminish your light. Study the path of others to make your way easier and more abundant. Lean toward the whispers of your own heart. Discover the universal truth. And if you follow your truth down the road to peace, and the affirmation of love, if you shine like a beacon for all to see, then the poetry of the great dreamers and philosophers is yours to manifest in a nation, a world community, and a beloved community that is finally at peace with itself. And that was John Lewis as spoken on Across That Bridge, A Vision for Change in the Future of America. Can you repeat that again? I know it's John Lewis. The bridge. Yeah, I'll put it, I'll put it in the chat. I'll put it in the chat. 
And I also thought of John Lewis because I just finished his memoir of a movement. And I was impressed um, by so many things. But one of the things was that he was a part of SNCC and um, many of his colleagues from SNCC turned away from nonviolence. They excluded white people from the movement. And he never thought that way. He always thought of all people as being joined and, and being one. I, I was very impressed <laughs> for, for all the experience, you know, beatings and he saw those things and oh my gosh. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. I wonder what we each are working on in the way of nonviolence. Some people have mentioned some of the things that they're working on. Um, like Lori was working on um, being like her mom and accepting of people. What, what comes to mind for you that you're working on? me I mean I just trying to be as and sometimes you know I'll say something that's not kind and I feel so but oh it you know I I acknowledge it and then I apologize for it but um I just that's that's what I'm working on is just trying to be you know kind and caring and just and listening and just, and so, you know, that's been a hard, you know, that was something that I didn't do very much, but oh my gosh, I do it so much more now. And it's, it's, a, it's, it, it takes time, but it's, uh, it's so well, well worth it, you know, just to, don't even say anything, just sometimes people just want to talk and li you just listen, you know, whether you agree with it or not, you're just there to hear it. So that's what I'm working on, listening. Thank you, Deborah. I would, I would say that also listening, um, really deep listening to each other, to the, to the human community, but also all the other communities have so much to give us from the one in nature, trees, water, everything, everything that's... Uh, everything that's out there so just listening and being more aware yep dj yeah, i was really uh, surprised pleasantly this week when um, one of my students who is living in new york and going to the school of visual arts in new york city and she's from china and she's taking this course called echo echo something something 
whatever, you know, something about the environment and the climate crisis and art, right? And she loves this course. And she said, oh, you know, and the teacher um, was sharing this, this message about, about environmental consciousness. And I said, oh, well, let me see that. I said, oh, well, we did that. <laughs> That's the Onondaga Thanksgiving um, message. And I showed her uh, what we did and uh, she's gonna show it to her class. So it's so beautiful, you know, that message is so beautiful. I just remembered to include my phone number. You'll see that a little bit below the other message. Great, thank you. VJ, I'm sorry, what message can I, I, I don't think I know what you're, you're referring to. In the chat. Oh, it's in the chat, okay, got it. I'm working on pausing before I reacting. Sometimes with family, with my husband, <laughs> I react too quickly. And I want to pause and breathe before I react. Or something I was exposed to, you know, maybe two decades ago was not reacting, but responding. So yeah, taking a breath and looking at, you know, what your response is, your reaction is, but then waiting until you can actually respond calmly to what, what just occurred to kind of sort it out internally before one responds. Yeah. And often, sometimes it's just then offering empathy rather than some kind of response from yourself as well. Thank you, Karen. I'm starting up another wave of coursework this year. I've signed up for the King Center Nonviolence 365 and a course on being trauma-informed. Uh, and I just saw one today about um, holding your own uh, in the midst of other people's control dramas. So I think I'm signing up for that one as well. So yeah, so just looking for more ways to stay calm in the in the face of power over dynamics and uh, and ride it through and and how to make inroads to having power with dynamics in um, as many places as possible. Anyone else? Just a quick comment. I'm aware that two of us are males. Or females are females. Do you have any thoughts about that, Harlan? <laughs> well, I, I was at a, a, a seminar here in Rockford, Illinois today that was um, uh, being trauma-informed. And of the 150 people, there were there were probably fewer than five men. Mm. All all were women, and and the, the fact is that a great deal of 
of violence occurs at the, uh, for men and a, a large number of people who are traumatized by violence are women and uh, I'm just I'm just really aware of that and wondering what what might be done to to change that dynamic. Well, you know what? You're we're trying. Hello, Carol. You know, you know. It's, again, it's listening. Hello, Carol. You know. Hey, Harlan. I sent an email. Yeah, Harlan is answering a call, so I, I muted him. But yeah, Deb, you're you're right. We're here and we're working on things, and and here we are. And uh, but that's an interesting point is to um, for all of us. Yeah. Maybe we invite more men to the table. Um, actually, consciously reach out to men, just like we would for any kind of diversity. I think that's other organizations I've been connected with that have wanted to diversify or increase their diversity is you go to places where people of um, that group are and invite them. So we can all do that on a regular basis. That was something that as when we had the state coordinator structure that we were conscious of is going to different groups and inviting them to participate in the campaign. I might just also mention we're almost um, at conclusion with the call, but um, if there's background noise in your space, I will mute you. So if if you have to unmute, that's that's what happened, because I know sometimes you're you can't notice the background noise uh, where you're coming from as much as we can. Um, so uh, we ask people to self police. But but when it doesn't happen, I, uh, I will mute you. I was just going to say about uh, men, numbers of men and women, um, Geraldine can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, <laughs> in the past, uh, at least, and I think it's still true, the California Democratic Party has uh, <laughs> required or has a rule that the equal number of men and women are in leadership positions. Yes. Yeah. Parity. Yes, they have done well, that. Yeah. See, and you know what? That's... <laughs> <laughs> what I didn't hear what you said. I said that that's the way it should be. Yes. <laughs> My other observation about demographics is, where are the black people? Where are the other the people of color? There may be some people of color I don't obviously know, but certainly I don't see anyone who is obviously African heritage. Harlan might want to know about the book, The Gender Knot by Alan Johnson. And that that's all about the patriarchy and uh, about the situation that we have with males being socialized to be violent. Uh, they're, the, they're the ones that want to uh, continue with all the wars. They're the ones that like to make the money off of it and whatever, at least I'm not aware of a woman that uh, makes her fortune off of the uh, destruction, but uh, at least in the weapons world. <laughs> I think um, there are women executives in, uh, in those type executive. of operations now. Yeah, they work on diversity as well. 
I wonder if there's, yeah, but I wonder if there's any woman that actually owns the company, really, that, you know, built a company. They might have worked their way up the ladder in terms of uh, CEOs or that kind of business. But that, that would be an interesting study, actually. Yeah, I, I think the, the defense contractors are all publicly held companies. I don't think they're small companies, um, but... Uh, yeah, they started somewhere, but probably decades ago. <sighs> Nonviolence to me is peace. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, because the opposite side of the coin of nonviolence is violence. So. Thank you. And Karen, I think we just have a few minutes. If there's any anybody else that has a, a, a question or concern. Or thought to share before we go into our quote. Anybody got anything burning or alive in them they'd like to share or add? I was just going to add, I agree with the, everybody that said about the listening. And I, and I think of... Um, I mean, Wayne Dyer is given the credit for this quote. Uh, would you rather be happy or would you rather be right? Or would you rather be happy? And, <laughs> and so I know, and, and I have strong opinions, you know, and so I, it's like, sometimes if you're talking, like, and somebody else mentioned it, sometimes you don't always have to speak up in a conversation. If, if you might not agree with them, but if you're having a great time to otherwise, it's like, it's knowing when to just be silent, you know, or, um, yep. But, you know, a lot of people say they want both. But I think there's really something to that, right? Would, like not feeding your ego, you know, and you could be happy a lot of times. And, and when yeah. you need to speak up and, you know, if what you believe in is really true and you want to make your point, that's fine. But it, we don't have to do that all the time. So. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Good lead up quote. And Nancy, you've got a closing quote for us. Yes. I do. Um, so this is from the Meta Center for Nonviolence, which is um, in Petaluma, uh, California. Um, also, to give them an extra plug, the, we sent out an e-blast this afternoon about what are you going to do for nonviolence. Um, so their quote is, um, nonviolence is love in action. And I think that ties together with what what we're trying to do is to act on our act on our uh, peace building and nonviolence um, skills and efforts. Beautiful, beautiful. And it just remind people if they'd like to save the chat, there have been some good comments in there. Looks like the Zoom format has changed, at least on my screen, where the three dots are at the bottom of the screen instead of over to the right, if you want to save the chat before we conclude the call. And thank you all. Wonderful. Hope to you participate in season for now. Oh, three, oh, three dots. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night.